0: Keep it real simple
1: Hey, listen, man, we're going to be living a dream over the next few weeks, and you can be a part of that. All the T-shirt money will go to help tunnel the towers and the 9-11 Foundation. You already know that right now. We're going to try to help families get into homes when they lose a loved one, whether serving this country through military or as a first responder. So make sure you go out there and shop before the day gets over. And we're going to have a lot of fun through this series because it is going to apply to everybody, all people watching in this room online wherever you may be this is a challenge for you okay i'm gonna go back to when we started this church happy birthday to simple church because 16 years ago i had the opportunity to launch my dream and when i roll through these pictures there's not a video it's just going to kind of roll through you see this was the beginning And we did not know what was possible. We were running down the dream. We had cake. We had ice cream, thanks to Spud, even 16 years ago. This is on day one. And we were even in the bar that we're currently going to remodel so that we can have church moving forward. But we never thought that baptism in a bar, church in a bar, that this simple church thing would work. But here we are 16 years later. Can we get a little love for the birthday? Never in our wildest dreams thinking it was going to happen. And I went and found some old pictures just to have a little fun with it. And because NFL kicks off today, I remember this picture because me and Brian and uh, John Rennie came up with the idea, of love God, love people, love the Cowboys. And Bruce and all of us were wearing out in the lobby and found another picture of us in the theater lobby going back to the early days, remembering how crazy the ride has been. It has been wild. And then in the midst of all of that, about 11 years ago, we got this Do Good Store launch. We built it on this stage. This is actually the picture. Lisa sent it to me. uh, When we decided to build the Do Good Store, Bobby and Donnie and Lisa built it. And then we've launched a store and selling t-shirts and merchandise all to help people all around the world and in this community. And it was a dream. And now that it has happened and it continuing to happen, I'm just super, super grateful. I'm very, very thankful for what God has done and what he continues to do. And I found this verse, Psalm 9 1. I'm thanking you, God, with a full heart. It's coming from this just overwhelming excitement and gratitude. And I'm writing the book of your wonders. I'm whistling, I'm laughing, and I'm jumping for joy. I can't jump for joy. i got a torn retina. But anyway, y'all get the idea, all right? And you go really i'm like man i'm telling you if i'm ever going to write a book it would be celebrating what god has done and what he has done is he has used everyday ordinary people just like me and you to do what no one thought was possible and this church is built on volunteers It has been from the very beginning, you are the backbone, you are the ones who make it happen. You've invited people, you've built it, you've been flexible, you've moved from building to building, you've set up, you've torn down, you've done unbelievable things, including this past week. When I asked for you to come and help, my brother's life group, my life group, Angie's life group, many other volunteers, the cleaning crew, all of you have come in because we had an opportunity to continue to live the dream and actually work on a home for us in the Simple Church. And I pulled together just about a minute video, and then I'll explain how I got this shiner right here. But here is demo part two down at the boardwalk. Check it out. Bust oh, Don't just stand there, bust- Come on, y'all. Give him a little love. So if you're wondering how I got this shiner, it is this piece of wood right here. All right. This is the enemy. I might might need to keep it, frame it. I don't know. But in the midst of everything going on, thank God I was the only one that really got hurt. Uh, Cassius Braille had a hangnail, but don't really look at him, all right? But I'm super, super grateful for Wally Nawas and Dr. Williams. All of these great doctors helped me out because pure accident, it just got hung up a piece of wood. It came up and hit me in the face, and I'm thankful it didn't get my eye. Can I get an amen on that, all right? But when they tell you it's blood, sweat, and tears, it's literally blood, sweat, and tears now, all right? That's what living the dream is all about. You can't just say you want to do it. You and I have to put our work and our heart into it. And I am super grateful that it was me that got hurt and not you, really. But then also the amount of people that have been willing to help and donate and do all the things you're doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And when I look back over the past 16 years, I found this other picture because I'm kind of reminiscing. This is just one. When we did uh, one of our volunteer services at the uh, CenturyLink, and this is just an example of a small sampling of how many people it takes. And now we know there's 500, 600 volunteers that rotate and come through and do everything. And everybody thinks, oh, we don't need anybody. It can be up to 800 volunteers on Easter. And you go, man, is this really happening? It is. And in the midst of all of this celebration, as we pause on our birthday, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you for giving, not just your money, but your time. You really have been a huge blessing to me and to this community. We're just super grateful for it. So now, as we go into this series, Living the Dream, I want to have a little fun with it. Are you okay with having fun? Simple Church likes like to have some fun. I'm going to take you back to my childhood, and I'm going to talk about, if you're talking about dreams Uh, This came to mind because I think you'll remember, old people. Roll it. People, y'all remember I dream a genie? Come on. Barbara Eden, man, of course you do. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, that was a big show back in the day. And it was this simple idea. You found this genie in a bottle, and you rub that bottle, and then boom, you know, all of a sudden it happens. You're running down the dream. You're trying to make your dreams come true. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But you get the idea. It is this simple, crazy thought that what if you found this genie in a bottle? What if you had a wish that could come true? What if you were to dream, what would it look like? That's my question as we start this, maybe about a six-week series. You go, how are we going to cover this for six weeks? Trust me, today is just the beginning, but it starts with you really answering this question. What is your dream? Some of you are going, dude, I'm living the nightmare. I don't know what my dream is. And then you go, is it even possible? Can you live a dream? This all goes back to one of my buddies in my life group, Keith Lockhart. Every time we'd get together, he jokes, and he's like, man, I said, how you doing, Keith? Living the dream, baby, living the dream. And we had this joke in our life group about, like, that would be a good series. That would be fun. And then over the years, we've been talking about it and talking about it. And then we'd ask different people and watch. Over this series, we're going to kind of go down that road. But I'm going to give you the little leg up. If somebody comes up and says, man, are you living the dream? What's your answer? You'd go, man, <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, no, It's a nightmare. But is it possible to live your dream? Luke 18 says it like this, Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. When you start looking at is it possible, could it happen? What I know to be absolutely true, I am living it and I am grateful for this, that when you have a God-inspired dream, it is very powerful in your life. And it's not just powerful in your life, it can be powerful in a lot of others' lives. Genesis 37, 5, you might remember a guy by the name of Joseph who had a dream. And Joseph's dream changed history. Now I'm going to go a little bit more into that in this message, but through this series you're going to hear more about Joseph. But this is the question that maybe many of you are asking, how do I know if the dream that I have is God-inspired? See, Joseph worked through that because he had this dream and then it went really bad. In the midst of all that, he's like, "Man, was this from God, or is, am I living the nightmare? What's happening?" And here is the first thing that I want you to remember when it comes to you coming up with what your dream is. The first thing that I know to be true is this statement I'll put on the screen: "Is the dream bigger than you can accomplish?" If you, in your mind, go, "Well, I got this dream, and I want to do blah blah blah," and it's pretty simple it's pretty easy I don't know if that's the God-sized dream that I'm talking about so then if you think well if I'm gonna go really outside the box if I'm really gonna dream big you go I just don't think we can accomplish that if you would have told me 16 years ago that tens of thousands of people would attend simple church I'd have say you're out of your mind you got to remember, not too long ago, you had nearly 12,000 people in one Easter service at Simple Church. If you'd have told me that when we started, I'd say, you're crazy. I also want to remind you, thousands and thousands and thousands of people have been baptized at Simple Church. If you'd have told me that 16 years ago, I'd say, man, I'm hoping for a couple of hundred. Because in my mind, I was thinking small. I couldn't really think really, really big. I was like, man, I don't know, this is it. Because then you think, well, that's all I can do. That's that's all I can accomplish. But is the dream bigger than what you can accomplish? Ephesians 3.20, God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine, guess, request, in your wildest, what? Beyond your wildest dreams. Now, let's all be honest. Most of us are just satisfied. We're kind of just settled. We're like, no, I'm good. Good just kind of getting by. Good just, well, I guess this is it. But if nothing else is accomplished, I hope what will come out of this series is that you will be challenged to think a little bit bigger than you're thinking. And when it comes to you dreaming, I don't care how old you are, we'll prove that. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how much you think it was talented or not talented. What if, what if God really wanted to do something with you? that was bigger than you could imagine, bigger than you could think. And when you start looking at these scriptures beyond your wildest guess, your wildest dreams, here's the thing. Remember this next statement. If you can accomplish whatever that dream is without God, your dream is not big enough. So you want to dream big. You want to think, I cannot pull this off unless God is in it. I cannot even come close to making this happen unless God has his hand involved in every detail. And that has been absolutely true in the simple church. And this is why I challenge you. If you try to pick a dream and you think about your dream and you go, well, this is what I can accomplish, what you'll do is, is go, look, man, this is what I did. And that's awesome. Look, man, you were able to accomplish something really cool. But what if you dreamt bigger than that? What if you could picture something that is beyond what you could accomplish? And what would it look like? What could be? What should be? That's what birthed the simple church, thinking what could happen? What should happen? Proverbs says it like this, where there is no vision, the people perish. If you can't see it, it's hard to dream it. And if you don't dream it and see it, then you really don't live life to the fullest. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now. I'm going to put it on the screen for you. Here is a simple equation, not a math problem, but no vision with no dream will equal no life. So this is why some of you are just going through mundane life like, well, this is it. This is it. And I'm going, maybe today is the beginning for you to press the pause button and go, wait a second. God, what are you telling me? What are you asking of me? And I'm going to tell you this. What if we didn't see it? What if we didn't dream it? We wouldn't be sitting in this room. Way beyond me and way beyond you, God had a big, big dream for all of us. And thousands have come to Christ as a result. Thousands have had new pairs of shoes put on their feet. Thousands have been fed. Think about it. And you're going, yeah, but I, I mean, that, that's for the church. That's for you. No, listen, man, I am you. <laughs> Dude, I'm the 10-year college graduate. Can I get an amen, all right? I'm the guy who has no seminary training, all right? I'm the guy who grew up in South Shreveport. I'm the kinesiology major, kind of, you know what I'm saying? Had to switch to general studies. Can I get an amen? And you're thinking, oh, God can't really. No, don't limit what God sees in you and what he has put in your heart. Well, here's another question. Well, how can I know if it's God-inspired, Justin? How can I know if it's really it? This is a key component. See, most of the time people think of dreaming for themselves. I'm going to get this big house. I'm going to get this Corvette, man. I'm going to dream it. If I can just get the Corvette. Come on, man. This is how you know it's a God-inspired dream. Are you ready? Is your dream others focused? (laughs) See, it can't be about you. (laughs) It's got to be bigger than you. This is the way God works. Joseph, when he was dreaming this dream, it really wasn't about him. It was about his family. It was about their future. It was about Israel. It was way bigger than just Joseph. See, we get hung up and going, well, this is what I want. I dream of owning my own business and having a yacht down in the Bahamas and whatever. And he's like, you're missing it. That ain't it. I'm telling you to dream And think about what you can accomplish for other people. And God says, now we're on to something. And every once in a while, you run across it, you see it. I pulled a video together for you. This was um, in the Super Bowl not too long ago. They ran this commercial, and I saw it, and I was like, man, that's it. And I've saved it. Pulled it all the way, waiting for this moment. Because here is Estella, a mom who had a dream, who pulled off something that is incredible and it's not about her, watch. The real question
0: that needs to be asked as well as answered is what is it that we can do that is unique, that is impactful. I'm Estella Piper, this is my brilliant Bus. We are going to empower every individual and every organization to do more and achieve more. I had an idea. A bus that brings technology to kids that need it most. When I look in the mirror, what do I see? A friend, looking back at me. It's this process of continuous renewal, of showing courage in the face of reality. If you dream big enough and believe in your dreams, you can make it happen. Showing that courage in
1: the face of opportunity. I like Estella. she said, you can make it happen. Amen. You can make it happen. Yeah, come on, you can. <laughs> Early simple church, a phrase was said a lot, started in the theater because we were all coming from church backgrounds. It started with a small group of Christians coming from a lot of other different churches. And I had to make sure this was a very, very prominent idea. So I I'd tell them all the time, And here it was when it said, it's not about you. Yeah, but what are we going to do, long worship? It's not about you. Well, what are we going to do when we, we didn't have student ministry for a long time. I have students, how am I going to, we ain't got it, we ain't going to have student ministry. It's not about you. We can't do that right now. We didn't have the money, we didn't have the people, we didn't have the time. And so what we had to get in our mind was, is like, what can we do for others? What can we do to make it easier for others, to make it more accessible for others, and we called you to serve. That's why the Simple Church is unique. All of us, that's why your pastor's getting dotted in the eye because I'm not telling you to go work. I know I gotta go in there and try to work myself. Because all of us have to put that blood, that sweat and those tears into fulfilling the dream. Not about us, but about what it means for future generations. What it means for your relatives and this community that doesn't know Jesus yet. And what happens when we keep, pushing to focus on other people, I'm telling you, guy goes, that's what I'm looking for. Why is Estella's dream buzz happening? Because it wasn't about her. She was worried about them babies that don't have any access to technology. So when you dream, it can't be big enough that you can do it by yourself, and it can't be about you. It has to be about others. And how do we know this to be true? John 15 gives us a great insight, and here's how you measure it. The greatest love is shown when a person lays down his life for his friends. It ain't about you. Never will be. It can't be. Others first. Sacrifice. Death to self. That is the Jesus principle. And that's why the church, and many times, is not very effective. Because really, as you grow, and this is why I hope for the next hundred years, for the generations that follow me, that the simple church will not be about us. That's why the building is not about us. It's not, oh, we we finally deserve it. You don't deserve nothing. Can I get an amen? amen? We just have an opportunity that might help us reach more people. We have an opportunity that we might can open this building up to the community to help this group or that group. You might just, when it comes to whatever this dream is, it is this idea, it's beyond us. And that's why you put your blood, your sweat and your tears into it and you say, all right, God, help me to focus on others. Because we have to. You have to. And God blesses that. Another little insight into dreams. Adversity gives birth to dreams. In Estella's case, it was kids that were in adverse situations that had no access to technology. Now, so she's like, I got this dream that those that are struggling we can make that happen we can provide that for them I can go back to them you probably don't believe this but even the simple church it was through some adverse church experiences that this church was launched there's some great experiences there's some great things happen but there are also some challenges you're like that difficulty it could be different it should be different That is why when you get frustrated, if we don't go on for 30 minutes of music and a long, long preaching, I'm really trying to motivate you and encourage you because the real history, the real future of the Simple Church is serve, sacrifice, meet the needs, solve problems, put love into action. When you say you love God and you say you love people, it must be demonstrated. And how it is demonstrated was when people are in adverse situations, You go in him, you become the light. In the darkest, most difficult times, we should shine. And that is when the dreams are birthed. And I will prove it with one man. I will prove it with one, one powerful illustration. When I tell you that dreams are birthed in adversity, I will prove it with just this one, one minute video. Watch. I have a dream.
0: my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character i have a dream today let freedom ring and when it happens when we allow freedom ring when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet from every state and every city
1: Imagine at the most difficult time in American history if Martin Luther King did not have the dream. Imagine if we were just satisfied with whites and blacks living separate, different water fountains, different restrooms. Imagine if in the middle of this adverse situation we just said, well, that's just the way it's supposed to be. Somebody has to rise up And dream of a different day. Somebody has to be willing to lay down their life so that as we move through history, are we we where we want to be? No. But are we where we used to be? No. And so when we're on this journey, you're talking about dreaming, you're talking about seeing the future, you're talking about changing the world, it ain't about us. It's about what I can do to lay down my life to honor Jesus. And isn't it interesting that a preacher led this charge? Thank God for Martin Luther King Jr. Perfect man? No. But I can tell you right now, that man was passionate. That man had a dream. That man was honoring God. And he was following what God laid on his heart to try his best to do what? To bring us together. And there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of damage in the midst of all that. And in that adversity, you go, is there anything good that can come out of that? You have take it right back to Genesis and I go back to Joseph because let's look at where we are now. And let's learn what happened with Joseph. When Joseph was thrown into slavery, sold out by his own brothers, when he was lied about, when he was put in prison unjustly. When all of these negative things happen over and over and over again, Joseph eventually, God still has a plan in the midst of that adverse situation. And he comes back and says, Don't you see it? You planned evil against me, but God used those same plans for my good. As you see all around you right now, that means life for many people. So many times when you're dreaming and it's not going right, or it's tough, or it's difficult, you're trying to go, What is God doing? What is the plan here? And I am sure in the midst of Martin Luther King's journey, and as we see in this next illustration, these times in American history where we're going, what is happening? What could good could possibly come out of this? That there has to be someone to stand up and say, no, I'm going to lead the charge. I'm gonna do something different. I can dream of a better world. I can dream of making an impact. I can dream of turning what was meant for harm that can be turned around for good. And guess what? So can you. Tomorrow's date is one that we will never forget. I pray that that is true. If you remember, this time in American history was another very dark time. Horrible, tragic, but yet miraculously, good still came out. And you go, what do you mean? How did something good come out of it? Well, the reason I put it up here and the reason we say never forget it's because the generations behind you, they don't know. The generations behind you go, well, tell me about that. It's the same with the Civil Rights Movement. I don't really know. Tell me about that. So as you start walking through and figuring out and you go, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget, because now we have an opportunity that was something that was meant for harm, we can dream to do something way bigger than we ever thought was possible. And that's exactly what happened with the Siller family. And if you don't know why we support Tunnel to Towers and why we really understand of the significance of tomorrow's date and what happens is because, don't forget, thousands of people lost their lives. Don't forget, old people in here, how you felt that day. Don't forget about the individuals who were willing to risk their lives And go in and try to save. Don't forget those that signed up in the military afterwards to go and prepare and fight for this country that we love. In the middle of all of our division, in the middle of all the things that are going on, let's go back. Don't forget. Because this is our opportunity to do some good. What was meant for harm can be turned around for good. If you don't know the story, if you don't know Tunnel to Tower and what this is all about, here is just a little quick reminder and a beautiful video in a tribute to someone that in the middle of tragedy decided to do some good as a result watch a day of
0: family bonding turned into a day of family tragedy the attacks on the world trade center came blaring over steven siller's radio halting his trip to play golf with his three brothers without hesitation he turned his truck around and raced toward the burning towers, but was stopped at the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. Siller would not be deterred from his duty to save lives. He strapped on 60 pounds of his firefighting gear and ran through the tunnel and into history.
2: I'm sure he was running and saying, God, you know, I have children, but his job was to save people and that overcame everything. The building went down and I turned to my mother and I said, uh, said, Nancy, I think I just lost my brother.
0: Stephen Siller, along with 342 of his firefighting brethren, perished on that fateful day, along with close to 3,000 Americans. He unselfishly paid the ultimate sacrifice with one thought in mind, to save as many people as he could.
2: His heroism every day led him up to that point where I don't think it was too much of a decision because he always did the right thing we know he was uh, you know not afraid and uh, even though he had concerns for his family we knew somehow he would figure a way to get there so we're very proud so when that decision came i think for him it was pretty quick in my opinion because that's who he was just think what was going through his mind that day got to the mouth of the tunnel he wanted to get there in the worst way and he was faced with the decision do i wait for other people How do I get through? Or do I strap 60 pounds of gear in my back and run through the tunnel? And obviously, uh, because he made that heroic run, uh, just think of all the lives that he's changed uh, since that day.
0: The Siller family formed the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, has raised millions of dollars in their brother's name and has used those funds to help thousands of people over the years.
2: One of the things that I remember mostly, is Frank said, shortly after Stephen died, he said, I think we should uh, start a foundation. And I was like, start a foundation? Never!" You know, it just seemed unbelievable. As the beginning of the foundation started, we did start on a smaller scale. We were helping people on Staten Island. And in the beginning, we had very modest expectations. We just wanted to help and in our name was Let Us Do Good, and we did want to do good in Steven's name. We got together and helped to raise a million and a half dollars, and to me that was enormous. I didn't think we'd ever do anything bigger than that. We were determined not to let Stephen die in vain, and not to let those poor souls who died uh, be forgotten. It was such a great loss for us as a family. Uh, we just wanted to do something, and we Wanted to honor what Stephen did that day. Our pain was great. All of us, we had terrible pain. But it really did ease some of it to be
0: able to help others.
2: He is our hero and he is our inspiration.
1: Come on, y'all. Come on, man. Isn't that cool? And how we got connected is because of the do-good component. When I saw that their phrase was, let us do good, we started researching this and reached out to them and... Last year, we really developed a relationship, and you may be asking, well, how does good come out of all of this? You know, in the midst of the tragedy, in the midst of the difficulty, well, the thing that has happened in the Simple Church is the same thing that happened in the Civil Rights Movement. It's the same thing that's happening with Tunnel to Towers. It's the same thing that can happen as we go through the series. You're going to see organization and group and person after person that God uses people's dreams to change the world. In the middle of very difficult, adverse situations, when they turn the focus off of themselves onto other people, when they cannot accomplish it by themselves, they begin to look and go, look at what God has done. And just like Joseph went through hell, in the scriptures you will see it bad situation after bad situation, Dif- made no sense. In the same way, so did the Siller family. So did so many of you, so many of these different circumstances and situations. We look back in American history and we begin to walk through this and go, how can anything good come out of this? And why did it all happen the way it did? Why do we have to go through the civil rights movement? Why do we have to go through the terrorist attack? I can't answer the whys on all of those things. But what I can tell you is this, that a huge dream has been birthed out of the adversity. And those dreams were focused on other people. And in the midst of living out those dreams, it's changed the world. Without the Martin Luther Kings, without the Siller families, without the sacrifices, without people saying it's bigger than me, it's it's not about me, it's about these other things, things don't change. And to take it back to the Tunnel to Towers organization, when you look at the impact that they've made, when you look at the impact that has gone out to all these families, when you start thinking about they have paid for the homes of fallen police officers, made sure that their family, their mortgage was paid off, fallen firefighters, someone dies in the line of duty, they pay off their mortgage, military families, somebody goes, serve. They hear about it. They pay it off. Wounded veterans come back with their family and their houses aren't right. They rebuild or build a brand new home for them. In all of those adverse, difficult, dark situations, good is done. And here's the proof. Watch.
2: I'm Frank Silla. I'm the chairman and CEO of the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. A foundation that was started in honor of my brother, a New York City firefighter who died on 9-11. We wanted to help children of full and first responder families and Gold Star families who died in the line of duty. My husband was serving on a deployment with the army in Afghanistan when he was shot and killed, and within hours, literally, um, we got a phone call from Frank Seller at Tunnel to Towers letting our family know that they'd be taking care of our mortgage, and just, I can't describe the burden that that lifts. They told me that, that he wasn't coming home, and shortly after that, we were notified that they would be paying off her mortgage. My daddy always wanted to get me and mommy a house, and we're so grateful that you helped us out. Wow. Love you. Wow. <sighs> ah. We as Americans better be there to take care of these families who live behind.
1: On 9-11, hundreds of first responders
0: died. Since then, over 7,000 service members were killed protecting our country. There are over 1,000 families that need our help.
2: These are the people that go out every day and don't know if they're going to come home. That's why we make sure as a foundation that we take care of those Gold Star families and fallen and first responder families that have young children left behind. We're going to continue to accomplish great things.
1: Come on, y'all. Give them a little love on that. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 16. When I say never forget, do not forget to do good and to help one another because these are the sacrifices that please God. Why is it such a big deal over the 16 years, this verse? Because if we're not careful, we'll forget. Why do we help schools in poverty why do we help children in poverty why do we feed people in poverty why do we do backpack programs for kids because if you're not careful you'll forget and i don't want you to forget i want you to do good does it get you in heaven let's no it doesn't get you in heaven the only thing that gets you in heaven is a relationship with jesus but if you know jesus and you do have a relationship with him shouldn't we do, be doing more good Shouldn't we be known as problem solvers? Shouldn't we be light in the darkness? Shouldn't we be the ones to dream up organizations that can impact in the darkest times and help one another and that we can sacrifice? And when we do, God says, man, I'm pleased with you. All of us have a lot going on, but remember, more than anything else, Matthew 6 says it this way, put God's work first. And then the other things will be yours as well. Now, why do I say that? When you're dreaming, what is God's dream for you? It's not just your dream for a nice house, a company that works well, but if you own a big company, if you have a big company, it's not about you. It's not about your retirement. It's not about like, oh, this is what I'm going to have for my kids and their future. Many times, maybe God is blessing you so that you can turn around and bless others. And in the midst of their adversity and their difficulty and their struggle, you can be a light and you can point them to God in the midst of it. And then these other things will be added to you as well. And for this generation, for you watching now as we start this series, it is time to dream God-sized dreams. Other focused dreams. This is not for somebody sitting next to you. This is for you. This is for every single person. And if God's people would dream and dream bigger than they can pull off themselves, and if they'll dreamed God-sized dreams and others-focused dreams, can you imagine how different the world would be? At the end of the month, I'm going to miss a Sunday. And you go, well, why in the world are you going to miss a Sunday? You on vacation again, brother? No pastors on vacation all the time. No. My big rear end is going to be running in New York. To be honest, I'll be walking. All right, but that's all right because we want to dream God-sized dreams and when people are willing to do it we're going to take a group of people up there to help and support them and this is what it's going to look like for a large portion of my life group and who knows maybe in the future you go man that's something I'd like to do this is something I want to accomplish and who knows maybe it's something that you do in our own community maybe you begin to go I want to see this happen I want to do that there's so many things, and over these weeks, you're gonna see some people sitting in this audience and they've already started living out their dreams. And maybe it'll inspire you to do the same thing. But look what happened as a result of a very tragic situation and a family saying, what can we do? Look at the people impacted in this video. That's why I can't wait to go, watch.
2: My brother was a New York City firefighter that just finished his night tour in Squad One in Brooklyn. He strapped 60 pounds of fire gear to his back. He ran through that tunnel. He ran into the South Tower. While him and his other brothers were saving people, they gave up their lives. And when we lost them that day, we knew we had to do something to honor what he did. our promise here today, our contract with America, that when these great men and women who protect our communities or our country, and they give their kids a kiss goodbye, and they do not come home, we are going to take care of them.
1: time man what if the Siller family did nothing what if they just hung their heads and said man I hate my brother's gone did you see the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people and just think and you're going yeah but I mean what what am I going to do who knows And some of you going right now, it's like, well, man, I can't go run in New York. No, but you can go shop in the lobby. Amen. Why would it make a difference? Because what if by you taking the focus off yourself helped fulfill someone else's dream that really was focused on other people? And what if in the beginning of this series, when you look back that you go, man, this changed everything for me, for my family. And guess what? God really does want to use you. And it's the best. I am so grateful that I've had the opportunity to do what I'm doing. And we just getting started. Can I get an amen? amen? Let's pray. Father, I pray for each and every person as they begin to walk through their dream. They begin to think through where they are. That they would see that you love them, that you have a plan. And even in the middle of their adversity, their difficulty, that a dream can be birthed out of that. And when that dream is being fulfilled, God, it impacts and changes the lives of other people. And I pray, Lord, that they would not get lost in all of the can'ts, the impossibles, but they would remember that verse, that you are the God of impossible. What is impossible with man is possible with God if we'll just surrender to you. Lord, for someone in this room that needs to surrender their life, I pray today be their day. Jesus, I come to you. I ask you to come into my life. I am broken. I am hurting. I am a sinner, and I need forgiveness, and I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning, and I want to fulfill what you put me on this planet to do. And as a result, Father, I know when they ask you to come to their life, that journey that we begin to walk with with you is always others-focused. It is about laying down our lives for others the way you did for us. Help us, Jesus, to receive that gift and then carry it out into this world that desperately needs a light in the darkness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I get an amen out there somewhere? Come on.